Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, the numbers are going. It's uh, it's lunchtime, and and I'm sitting here with um, Fred in the Boots. Sounds like a band, I know. Um, <laughs> and uh, as as luck should have it, we, we're now back down to just one Fred, so there's no confusion. But we had for a while English Fred. And uh, what did what did what did uh, what was the name for the not English Fred? Was it original Fred? We went with original Fred. There was um, the tradition of handsome Fred, but we felt like that might imply an insult to English Fred, <laughs> who is also very handsome. So we we went with we went with original Fred for the most part. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so uh, two of the boots have agreed to be in a podcast, and Coco is here to provide the giggle track. Yay! <laughs> and um, the big thing is, the big news is Allerton Abbey, which we've been working on for so many years, is like almost, almost done. I'd, based on what little I know, I would say it's 99.85% complete. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I mean, I, I know that uh, one of the floors, so there's four floors in there because there's four 10 by 10 sections and so one of the floors looks like it's absolutely complete. It's probably just curing a bit now and so um, Jennifer's nodding her head. You know that they can't hear you nod your head, right? <laughs> I have to eat the soup. It's very important. That's right. It's, it is lunchtime. It is lunchtime. We kind of got the idea that if we made a quick podcast during lunch, it wouldn't be uh, too uh, um, annoying. <laughs> so uh, um, but what else what else is left to be done and I think we're going to record once you guys are done with all the floors four floors then um, uh, cause it's a Wafati this Wafati is 400 square feet it's four 10 by 10 cells and so uh, you know we're calling them four floors but when, it, when they're all done we'll, we might record another podcast just to, to talk about the floor stuff but what else is left on Allerton Abbey at this time anybody anybody Fred um, I don't know. We need to put the finished plaster on three more floors, or finished floor, whatever you would call it. Um, we need to grow a million things on top of it. Um, a bit of finished plaster over the door on the inside still needs to be done. Right. Okay. The okay. So there's um. For a Wafati, there's always an uphill side and a downhill side. And when this Wafati was created, it was decided that the downhill side, um, so there's one cell on the downhill side and three cells on the uphill side. And for, it was decided, and it wasn't me that decided this. In fact, I was surprised when I got there and saw it. And I was kind of like, whatever. So the downhill side has a cell that is about a foot and a half lower than the three uphill side cells. It's about a foot and a half. I think it's about a foot and a half, right? Mm. Um, I guess it's three steps. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. A foot and a half or so. And so, um, 
But when Ernie was in there uh, a couple of years ago, he said, you're going to need to do something to make it brighter down here. Otherwise, it, you know, people sitting down here would feel suicidal. So uh, I, we went with, uh, uh, so we did, whereas the other three cells are, uh, just have just enough cob to fill the cracks between the logs and make contact with the thermal mass on the other side of the wall. Uh, that one cell has full cob walls. And so, uh, and they've all been whitewashed. And so it's very bright white now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And, and English Fred added a little pizzazz in there. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, we've been calling it Twizzles because we don't know what else to call it, but he created some curving bands. A spiral? That, yes, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> not, an, not to be confused with an herb spiral. <laughs> no, we would never put an herb spiral in your Wofati bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so there's a little bit of artistic... There and and he also uh, added some art on the outside. Mm-hmm. I keep handing it to Jennifer because she seems eager to talk about it. Dave's <laughs> got his mouth full and Fred's chawing away. <laughs> yes, so English Fred um, made an alder leaf in the cob above the door with an A for Allerton Abbey <laughs> um, on it. So you can see pictures of that on permies.com. Um, <laughs> And it's gorgeous, and we love it. It looks it looks very nice. It looks very nice. So, all right. Um, I think that the big item to talk about today in today's podcast is the rocket cooktop that's in there. And I know that uh, we keep calling it a rocket cooktop, and that um, a couple of people have suggested that it's technically not a rocket um, because it does not have a heat riser. But... Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a rocket cooktop for now, and it's using the ba- uh, the double shoebox variation that Peter Vandenberg came up with, uh, and it's had a, it had a lot of modifications last fall, um, and I think Donkey uh, uh, emailed a lot with with Peter about these modifications, and so then this year it uh, got uh, further enhancements. So uh, anybody want to talk about the enhancements? Anybody? Anybody at all? Anybody? Everybody's trying to eat their damn food. <laughs> like, <clears throat> maybe this is not such a good idea, recording a podcast during lunch. I suppose I'll talk about it. <laughs> but, um, so, there were there were bricks previously where the outer surface of the rocket cooktop box, and a bit of air was making its way through, and there had been some issues with it, so we decided to cob around it entirely um, in order to seal up the gaps and make it look pretty. Um, So we did normal cob and then a finished layer, and then we oiled it with linseed oil to seal it, which made it um, surprisingly rock hard. We don't have to worry about bumping into it as we do almost everything else in the Abbey currently um, that has not yet been sealed. Um, and it's been working really well. We've started it up the last couple days to try to help the floors dry out and to test it out and make sure that it's going to work before I stay there for the winter, um, which I wanted to know. And it it works delightfully. It holds quite a bit of heat um, now that it is surrounded by cob. And Dave has been having a lot of fun lighting it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fire! 
Yeah. It's got a pretty window to watch the flames. We all like it. And I can have tea every 15 minutes now, which is really how I like to live. (laughs) It's fun to watch. Hello, fountains in the fire coming up in the rocket cooktop. You know, it's it's just now occurring to me that, um, so we've got Fred and two of the Boots participating in this podcast today. All three of you are on the staff at permies.com. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, yeah. It just occurred to me. Uh, yeah. It's a little, little novelty item there. <clears throat> All right. So um, <clears throat> it's been oiled. It's been reshaped with cob. Um, let's see. Uh, lots of glass. Lots of glass. I mean, not only is the glass cooktop, so you can like look at it from above and you can kind of see the flames dancing around underneath, but there's the casserole door, which has been extended away from the fire. So it's been the the cook box, the the part where you put all the wood in. We had, I think, how many doors did we go through so far? Like, how many have exploded? I think this is the third door. This is number three. So now the um, uh, this uh, piece of glass, this glass lid, now sits. I think it's like three inches further away from the fire than before. Is is three? I, I don't think it's that far. I mean, it's further. Okay. But I would be surprised if it's more than an inch. Oh, okay. So just a little bit further away to help kind of keep it from getting too hot and exploding. Mm-hmm. So I have a data point on that from this morning. Um, I crocheted over the last couple of days a pot holder to grab the casserole lid with. Uh-huh. And today when I did that, um, the bit that touched not the actual knob on the handle, but the outer surface of the, like the oval part of the casserole dish uh-huh. was charred. Um, instantaneously by the heat. So the casserole dish lid does get very hot. Okay. All right. So let's keep an eye out for anything explodey. Right. Now, of course, for the annualized thermal inertia test this winter, the hope is is that you're going to use that cooktop just long enough to do cooking, right. and you're not going to try and heat that space. I mean, you're going to have a... You've already started the journal right. for it. So this winter, you're going to maintain a daily journal about uh, inside temperature, outside temperature, you know, comfort, all of those kinds of things. Uh, about So we can get an idea of, like, is the annualized thermal inertia working or not? Right. And, yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> Ooh, exciting. Now, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be properly summer charged because to properly summer charge, we need a person living in there through the summer opening and closing the windows as appropriate to charge the mass. That's correct. So it's going to be a little experimental on top of experimental. Kind right. Of thing. So not a great experiment. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, Dave's thread... Dave Burton's thread has lots of video and pictures, so you can see all the glass. Oh, so there's glass on the top, there's the glass casserole door, and then there's still this little extra viewing window to kind of watch the uh, the ram's horn kind of activity as the flames come up from the bottom and then divide and then spin. Right. And so it's kind of kind of cool to see it in action. It's really cool. We've been calling it the Fountain of Flame, but Ramshorn describes it really well. The next item I have on the list is uh, is the BRK. Uh, so in a previous podcast, 
like I was, I was recording with Bill Erickson, we got the idea for the BRK like in the middle of the podcast, and then he made it actually happen. And then Nicole Alderman's been seeing it through. Um, I think uh, um, Bill went to have his shoulder removed and replaced with, uh, uh, I don't know, bionics. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, um, but anyway, while he's been out, uh, Nicole has kind of taken over and run. And so now there's one BRK that is just for the boots. And um, uh, I believe it's over $1,600 plus four care packages. So the idea is is that if a boot takes uh, multiple pictures a day every day for 100 days, and they don't have to do it every day in a row, then then they get the, the BRK. And then it's repeatable. You can do it over and over and over again. Right. And so, you know, I guess three times a year you can cash out. And the numbers seem to be growing. So, I don't know, maybe it'll be $3,000 eventually. And that'll be that'd be kind of rocking, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, help propel the boot camp. Um, uh, support the BRK. Uh, but uh, the, other, the four care packages sounds kind of cool, too. I mean... I don't know. Every once in a while, uh, Sue Ba would send a care package from Hawaii. <laughs> it would be like loaded with like uh, macadamia nuts covered with chocolate and all kinds mm. of things. Like she she would have hit like some garage sales or something. And like here's a bunch of stuff that I got from. So all these things. And we just got a care package the other day from Kay, who also lives in Hawaii. Yes. And so taking advantage of that uh, the um, the priority mailbox. So you can get this box, and it's like no matter how heavy the box is, they'll still ship it. <laughs> and so that just comes stuffed with stuff. So she sent us, she saw, same thing, uh, she saw a yard sale or something, grabbed us a whole bunch of tools and sent them over. Yes. So that's kind of cool. But hey, to get your own four care packages, and I think one of the care packages is coming from Europe. Right. I, think, I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's very cool. <clears throat> All right, so we talked about the floors. Oh, and there's a thing about how uh, we're using, um, we've got some different, so so two of them are cob. One of them is cob without plastic underneath. Yes. Which a lot of people have said you can't do it, but we're going to find out. We're, we're all about experimenting. Uh, and Fred has a thing to say between chips. Did you know, trivia fact, <laughs> apparently organic tortilla chips have too much salt for the taste of Fred. That's true. And so he takes each chip and... Okay, and the, uh, <laughs> I was reading in a book last night about uh, making the floor without plastic. Uh-huh. And, and she said just like some people will put down uh, a sheet or like a layer of straw. In between the the drainage layer and the cob layer. Oh. Okay. So it's possible. It just almost all sources that you can find on the internet said use um, a plastic layer. And so why why would you want to have a sheet or a plastic layer in, at, oh, at all? To keep the cob from squishing down into your drainage layer into the, between the rocks. Okay, but once the cob dries, then it probably isn't gonna. Well, I guess it could slowly decompose. Oh, it's it's not. It's just for w- while you're building it, basically. Oh, okay. It's so you have a separate drainage layer and a separate cob layer, because okay. if you put wet cob on loose rocks, it kind of they become somewhat of the same thing, at least, you know, for okay. some unknown distance. <laughs> um, so while you're working on it, it's possible that little bits of rocks could start showing up at the top. 
<laughs> if it's squishy while you're working well, on it. Well, it kind of just seemed like that room, like maybe we had to add more cob. It like, didn't we put four inches in here, and then now it's lower than we thought it was? Yeah. <laughs> it seemed to kind of squish down into the gravel layer because you apply the cob when it's wet, and so, or, you know, relatively wet, and it did seem like there was some sinkage into the drainage mm. layer. So we've got two... Uh, cob floors that are done with plastic sheeting underneath. Uh, one has no sheeting of any kind, and and that seems like that that did take longer. It, but it no, Fred's making a face like it no, longer. it took the same amount of time. Approximately the same amount of time. I mean, like we said, we maybe had to add a tiny bit more cob, which would require a tiny bit more time to make, but it was negligible. It was about the same. All right. So if it if it lasts, it could be that like that layer might be not very necessary. Okay. And then yep. the fourth one is kind of interesting. It's just simply dirt and linseed oil mixed up, kind of like what's talked about in that uh, book from the Edo period, uh, Just Enough, um, where this the style of floor lasts like hundreds or thousands of years, and the more you walk on it barefoot, the more of a patina builds up, and the floor actually improves um, in quality with age. That's the hope. <laughs> right. But the interesting thing is is that's the uh, that floor was started last or like number three? Um, there have been three, so many floors. Uh, yeah, number three, I think. And it's now done. It is done. Um, it did not take it's his... the first one done. <laughs> Paul loves this floor. This is Paul's baby. <laughs> um, actually, the thing that probably took the longest on that floor was figuring out how to do how to make flat topped logs in order to be the floor dividers and when i say figuring out i mean me fred knows how to do this and he taught me but it took me far far longer than it seems like it should have <laughs> to make the floor divider the floor itself went very quickly so now uh a month or two back um I think that I heard from you, Jennifer, like you got a, a tour of Allerton Abbey, and um, your basic analysis was, what a shithole. I think I'm going to move in. <laughs> <laughs> Those were not my exact words, but oh. there, there was a bit... It was a bit of a shock seeing it versus, you know, the, the hobbit hole that I was picturing in my mind. It was definitely under construction. Um, but I did, in fact, offer to move into it at that point and do the annualized thermal inertia test. So what that says for my judgment remains to be seen. Well, I think, I mean, it was under construction still. Yes. It was, I mean, we had um, done a lot. Of, I mean, we took out the front deck. Right. And um, there was a, uh, and then the, uh, the facade was being installed and it looked very rough. Right. And um, <clears throat> so there was and, and plus materials were everywhere and piles of this and that and everything like that. Absolutely. There wasn't really much dirt on the roof. The plastic on the roof was a bit wonky um, and the interior walls were not nearly as nice as they are now. So Yeah. yeah. So and now a lot of work has been done. The uh, the front deck has been enhanced and moved back. The back deck has been enhanced. The facade is in place. The umbrella is in place. We probably still need to add some more dirt to the mm -hmm. top, but um, the umbrella is fully on now. Yes. And um, uh, the whitewashing is probably is it complete now? Last I saw, there was still some blue tape. We'll probably do one more layer of whitewash, um, partially just to make it 
make the blue tape remove nicely and evenly. Yeah. And um, after we have the next layer of floor in, but before we do the finished floor, we'll probably do a um, final coat of whitewash. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, it looked rough a couple of months ago. Yes. Um, I think it's still a little on the rough side because there's still construction happening, but it probably looks 20 times better now. And it's um, and I think that possibly within a week it will be done, and then it can start entering into a phase of being beautiful. I agree with that. Um, I've I started moving my cast iron in this week, so that's a sign that I think it's starting to look like a real house. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, the oh ATI test gear. So you've got a thread. You've already started your log for mm -hmm. Allerton Abbey. And one of the conversations that's going on right there is um, about what test gear to use. Now, we've got two logging thermometers. Right. But it's like you got to put it out there wherever it's going to be logging the temperature. And then you got to go retrieve it like every couple of months to get the data off of it. And then yeah. the act of retrieving it warms it. Right. So it throws it off for a bit. Um, but then it's like it's possible you could get like one of those weather stations that has like six temperature points or something. So it seems like <coughs> there's a lot of conversation about like what to get. And so have you settled on something or is that conversation still going on? Um, it's still ongoing. There's probably it's narrowed down to a couple of options. Everything tends to have a drawback. Um, one of our issues is that we don't have Wi-Fi at the Abbey, and many of the ones that have like the data sharing and like visualization capability that we would like them to have require a Wi-Fi router to work off of. Um, some of the ones that don't require that require constant AC power, which we don't want to do, and there are just various um, issues, but <coughs> we're, we're starting to narrow it down in the thread. Yeah. All right. So it's possible people listening to this podcast who have thoughts in that space might be able to pop out to that thread and, and add, add some uh, suggestions. That would be lovely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, oh, and the last note I have here about um, boots is that uh, when a boot is in the boot camp for four weeks, for no, wait, for, for one month, sorry, so 4.3 weeks, uh, they can pick a plot and start tinkering with that plot. And as long as they're in the boot camp, they can, you know, fiddle around with that plot if they want. And so um, I I think that since there's only two of you that are, like, participating in this podcast, then, um, uh, and Jennifer, you're going to fiddle with Allerton Abbey, so you're going to not pick a plot. Right. Dave has the option of picking a plot, and I think Dave has, and, and you're past the one month mark, and so then, um, do you have your eye on a plot? Um, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's still shopping. Okay, that's my notes. I've probably gone over 20 minutes, but um, uh, anything else to add to this real quick about the boot camp or... Fred is awesome. <laughs> Fred is really, really awesome. Or, or that I'm awesome. Paul's all right, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, well. And Coco is wonderful, too. What's that? Aww. Oh, and, and there's a shout-out for Coco. Yes, right. absolutely. Okay. 
Uh, anything else about the boot camp to add to this? Um, we want more people. We're, we're, we love you. Please come to Wheaton Lab. So can, the boot camp can take six people at this time, and we have four right, right. now. And so, um, yeah, it would be great to have a few more people add to the boot camp. Um, I think, and maybe uh, the next time we record something with the boots, we could talk about um, a possible coin opportunity and stuff like that, because I think I right. fleshed out that list quite a lot. Um, yeah. So, oh, and another news that has nothing to do with the boot camp. Uh, well, actually, it does have something to do with the boot camp. The books have arrived. Yes. Yeah. 8,500 books are here, 1,500 are in Canada, and um, the signing party is, is uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, I think the signing party might be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the signing party is just a few days away. Uh, so, uh, woo, yeah, Sean's on his way, and then we'll be boxing like fools and <laughs> signing things and stuff like that. All right, that's it. We're all done. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about the boot camp, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.